0: Welcome to the Junkyard Love Podcast. (laughs) Sober in Review. Welcome, my friends, to the John Care Love Podcast. It is I, your host, your creator of the John care Love Podcast, Jake Rines. So today I wanted to make this episode to go over kind of my experience with Sober October. Um, not that it makes me super special just by doing it, just by completing it, um, but I feel like it's actually a lot farther out of reach for a lot of us than we realize. Um, we're so... Uh, caught up in our habits you know me myself of course uh, just we're caught in the same loops and we don't seem to see the benefits of taking a break from our vices or taking a break from our urges or um, really looking at why we should question our habits our our habitual default mode network moves that make our identity right so what I did um, for Sober October 2020 was I gave up um, I did no social media of any sort. I didn't know alcohol. I did no weed. I didn't no masturbation and I did no coffee, no caffeine. Um, those are all things that, that, um, are, are not necessarily difficult for me to give up. Um, but parts of, of who I am and parts of my habitual life, um, things that I enjoy and then things that I just do just out of habit, um, I think a lot of you can relate with waking up and you kind of just you just feel a little ugh until you get your cup of coffee, right? There, there's it's part of our part of our character is being coffee consumers. Not everybody drinks coffee, but in our culture nowadays, this is a it's a an addictive, wonderful drug that we all that we all uh, partake in is coffee, uh, caffeine. I used to I've had issues with coffee before. Uh, or or caffeine before rather, I used to drink a ton of energy drinks. Um, And then my sleep schedule was all super crazy. Um, I I worked night shift for five years. And so my nocturnal, just sleepy weirdness was in full effect. Um, So I would consume pre-workout, which has a ton of caffeine. Um, I would consume one to two energy drinks a day or a night. And that was just what I did. I just, I pretty much just went to the store without thinking about it. You just go to the gas station and you just get your energy drinks because you know that if you don't have them, you're gonna hit a wall and you're gonna feel just super sleepy and sad at work and you don't want that. So um, I hadn't ever quit caffeine. I had lowered my caffeine intakes um, severely, which helps greatly with anxiety. That's something that a lot of us overlook, I think, when, when it comes to anxiety um, and lack of sleep and sleeping thoroughly throughout the night. Uh, There's, it seems so obvious and on the surface, right? Like we know that caffeine makes us feel amped, but we somehow, you know, disconnect it from like, God, I slept so shitty last night. Well, if you had a cup of coffee or you had a a monster at 4 p.m., whatever it is, stuff lasts in your system for a while. I think it still has like pretty big effects six hours later is what it is. Um, But regardless, so I wanted to give up caffeine um, for 30 days. I did that successfully. I did not go back and um, I, I did have, I think a total of four instances where I technically drank coffee, but it was decaf. Um, two of the times it was actually just a black cup of coffee. Um, we got some decaf downstairs and I just did it just so I can like sit down and get some work done to try to trick my mind into that habitual. Cause I, I write and I work well, like having my morning cup of coffee, I'm extra creative in the morning and such. So I wanted to trick my mind into having that cup of Joe. Um, it was like, I knew that it wasn't caffeine though. So it was just mildly unsatisfying. It it was, I don't know. It it didn't hit the spot, honestly, having the the decaf cup. I think I might have even been better just saying completely no, like no, if it has any sort of caffeine, let's just not do it 30 days, 31 days, whatever it was. Um, and then I had two other times where I went to uh, a place in town to get a protein shake and I had them add uh, part of the ingredients is, is coffee, but I just had them do decaf coffee. So I got two protein shakes that had decaf in them. Um, when I came back onto the scene, November 1st, I woke up and it was a Sunday and I was like, oh man, I can have a cup of coffee. I was so hyped. I drove to Redleaf. I got a cup of coffee. I saw a friend who I haven't seen for a while, so that was nice seeing her through the drive-through. Um, and I came back and I, I, I was drinking it and I was working on some stuff, some audio work. Um, and I was amped. I was jittery. I was like, I loved it. But the, the, after a couple of hours, I actually had noticed I was, I was literally biting down on my jaw a little bit. Like my, I was tensed up in my, in my jaw area, my face area and my leg was twitching. Um, it's, it's interesting because it's this enjoyable high, right? We, you know, we love that when you're just kind of carefree and you have it's, it's energy and it's, there's almost motivation in that energy. We're all used to that coffee high. Um, but I think I'm someone who's very aware of how I feel at all times, and so I really like I really enjoyed studying myself when it comes to this. Like, okay, I had this first cup of coffee, and I like it, but I'm pretty amped right now. Like, am I? You know, is is this a better feeling than equanimity? Is this a better feeling than the homeostasis that I had or seemingly had for the the last 31 days? So it was interesting, and then um, it's been a couple of days since that day, I've had a cup of coffee every day in the morning, I really enjoy my, my morning cup of coffee. Um, my brain works the best, my brain seems to be most days the clearest um, upon rising, and so I like to, um, it, I I also got, my, my awesome roommates got me a Yeti coffee cup, so I can go outside and do my meditations and yoga um, out in the cold and still not have a cold cup of coffee by the end of it, so that's wonderful. Um, But I did notice last night, I actually, I had my cup of coffee in the morning and then I kind of hit a brick wall um, at work last night at like 5 p.m. And I had a cup of coffee and it was interesting because I was, I enjoyed the cup of coffee, but I was very aware as I was drinking it, like this probably isn't the best idea. It's probably better for me to power through this tired feeling that I'm having go um walk around at work or go kind of just take a break from the computer screen that's making me tired um but i but what was easy was that that instant fix right like you can go pour a cup of coffee you get the smell you get the whole thing and within 20 minutes when you're able to drink it when it's not too dang hot you feel fine you feel alert you feel awake you have energy pep in your step. but it has adverse effects because at night, like I had trouble falling asleep last night, I drank that cup of coffee way too late. I had two cups of coffee when I'm not really used to that much caffeine right now, so it got me pretty amped up. Um, so there's there's something to be said for that. I think to round out the coffee caffeine thing, I think that we could look at a lot of these, um, especially energy, energy drinks, man, I used to be obsessed with energy drinks. I think they're delicious. Um, I was never really a soda guy, but, but energy drinks, uh, just all of them. I I love to try all the new flavors, um, but you know we, we got to just keep an eye on ourselves. We got to keep an eye on um, just being able to be okay without it. I think um, not having you know not only the caffeine headaches that you get when you don't have one. Like we also notice it's almost like that the word hangry. We we hear that a lot. Um, we get almost a kind of a slight headache. You know the, the caffeine withdrawal headache and it makes us almost grumpy and just like with hangry it's kind of this thing where we're okay with being kind of a turd or kind of being a jerk or kind of being a brat whatever it is like we're grown adults but we're not able to really connect the fact that we're hungry or we need caffeine or we make it okay to be um, snappy or like not our best versions of ourselves because we have this craving that we really want like well I'll be happy don't talk to me before before my first cup of coffee I don't know I, it's it's something interesting i know a lot of people are in that bubble um, i've certainly been a caffeine consumer i mean i started working when i was 15 and i just started hitting the energy drinks pretty hard back then so taking the 30 day break the 31 day break was i'm glad i'm, I'm glad i did it um, i'm going to be a lot more aware of my my um, caffeine intake i've kind of just like let it rip the last couple of days just see like what do i really feel like doing Uh, but like I said, last night I had, I had the instance where, where I said, uh, shouldn't, shouldn't have drank that. I should have just powered through the little sleepiness that I felt, or maybe the food that I ate earlier was making me sleepy so I can make better food choices. So I don't have to rely on coffee later. You know, your food is your energy source as well. Your, um, your water intake too. So when it comes to water intake, um, Water intake is super important. I mean, everybody always says that, but it's this thing. You know, if you listen to this podcast, I'm always chiming in about it. I'm always going on about it. Um, I have my friend Devin Sims, Sims on here talking about Kangen water, um, which I will totally butcher it, and I'll sound like a total dork trying to explain it. But the the water is like more oxidized. It's more filtered. Um, it's more electrically charged. It helps. It, it's broken down better, so it, it uh, penetrates our cells a little bit better. Um, and I, I think. You know, we all know plenty of people, you know, if, if, if you're say millennial age or younger listening to this podcast, uh, I have a feeling, you know, your parents or your grandparents, or even your older coworkers, it might be very normal for them to never, ever drink any water. I mean, I, I know, I feel like I know hundreds of people who it's part of their personality. It's like a joke to not drink water. Um, and those same people have like back pain and they have, uh, issues with colon and um in in digestive issues and uh you know their knees hurt and their ankles hurt and their hips hurt and they have a you know again bad back i'm not saying that that water is the cure to all these things but you really need to think about what we are you know we're very uh illiquity beings we're made of tons of water and i'm telling you uh slight headaches don't just jump to ibuprofen like how much water have you drank uh You'll notice a lot of times when, when someone tells you to just drink water or you're drinking extra water, you, you, you end up feeling a lot better, but it just kind of breezes over. Like you just, you're just noticing that you don't feel the pain or discomfort anymore, the headache anymore. And so you just kind of go about your day. Um, but when bad things happen or, um, illnesses feel, feel like they're, they're setting in or, uh, um, we feel, We just feel kind of crappy we we really put a note in that we're always like oh get that away I don't want to feel bad I just want to feel comfort 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 and being aware of that I think is important And I think water helps a lot with that because when you're not drinking enough water you have all these little things that happen to your body throughout the day and happen to your to your brain and happen um, you know inflammation is a huge thing that I think water helps reduce Um, and we just get we just get used to reaching for the instant fix the ibuprofen you know i've been there i've totally used to just take so much freaking ibuprofen i would actually have um you know everybody knows that drinking dehydrates you and i would i would drink you know even if i had just two ipas um i would go to bed i would put four ibuprofen on my bedside table so in the middle of night or in the morning i wake up and as soon as I started to feel like maybe the slightest headache i would just be like oh ibuprofen pop those drink some water go back to sleep and you wake up and you feel fine but I think we, we should really be saving those, those you know, ibuprofen's great, these, these inflammatory things, like it's all aspirin, it's all, it's all great stuff that we have, but we don't need to just be running to it every single time. Um, I think that, you know, for me personally, I think that a lot of doing that, like tore up my gut lining, I think that um, the effects that it had, the, the negative effects, um, though very hard to, to pinpoint exactly what they were, Um, I I think the, the negative effects just weren't really weighing out me being able to just deal with like, Hey, I have a slight headache. And once I get moving, once I drink some water, when, if I do 15 minutes of stretching and I go outside and I get some fresh air, take, maybe take my shoes off and get my feet on the ground, bare feet, do some breath work and stretching and moving around, like the slight hangover or the slight headache that I have or the achiness or whatever it is will likely go away. Um, and I urge you guys to try that too. So if you're someone who just habitually pops ibuprofen and you don't drink water, you know, do your thing, but just, you know, be aware of it. Be aware, is this the best thing to help me long term? We're always looking to put a peg and how do I feel the best right this second? How do I feel good now? And that's not always the best answer for our body on a spectrum, you know, our our, our life on a holistic long term um, timeline, you know? And so, um, water was great. Um, I really enjoyed the Kangen water. I had a couple, a couple different things. Um, it it was nice to just go over to my friend's house and, uh, converse with him for a little bit as I would fill up the water jugs and and he'd run me through the whole thing. Um, I'm very picky about water. So I I noticed the taste, I feel like a lot. So, um, the Kangen water, I don't know I, I won't talk too much about it because i really don't know a ton about it but that's what i drank during the month of october and it was great and i enjoyed it and i hit my gallon a day and um uh i, I think that everybody should try to shoot for that i think every single time you're when you take a drink of water don't make it just oh I, i'm gonna wait till i'm thirsty to take a drink of water or i'm gonna force myself to drink water it's like when you do take take water try to add in Try to count certain gulps. Try to say, I'm going to try to drink for five seconds straight or um, I'm going to take a lot, one, one more gulp than I normally would just because you know you're trying to increase your intake. And then after a while, you know, after a couple weeks when you, you're kind of forcing yourself to get into that new habit of drinking water, always having a water bottle with you, always have water bottles in your car, whatever it is, um, all, just always having access to these things and not going for the soda, not going for the energy drinks, not going for another cup of coffee, just quenching your thirst with water at all times um, it it starts to make it you you become more thirsty more often but it's a good thing you enjoy drinking water like you want to get more water and in, in your body definitely thanks you for it and I will say I think there's something about waking up hydrated um, our body goes through a ton when we're sleeping I think our body cycles through just a ton of our, our um, hydration and I know me like if, if, i would rather wake up in the middle of the night to have to go take a leak than wake up just completely dried out and feeling all crusty and dusty and rusty you know so drink a ton of water um it's good for you have water right next to your bed every single night and maybe try to make it a habit to in the mornings just wake up and drink water it gets your digestive system going even before you have a cup of coffee just try to chug half your glass of water good to go and then stretch it out get it rolling. Um, so that's water. Water went well. Um, I did, let's see, no, no drinking. Um, that was, that was a pretty easy one for me. I, um, you know, situationally in my life right now, I'm going through a lot of, um, you know, going, going through, going through a breakup. It's like, I really, I don't want to drown my sorrows. You know, I've kind of, aged out of that sort of feeling i don't want to just go get blacked out drunk or anything but i did notice like just the the inevitable loneliness that i felt i just and i didn't have social media either so i felt very disconnected um i would kind of just like i'd walk in and basically see just like my my roommate and he's working he's got headphones in and, like we wouldn't really interact like there'd be multiple days where i just wouldn't really see anybody and i felt very lonely i felt very like i you know i would wanted to like Text other people just to like, I guess, talk about myself or see what they're up to. Or, um, I, I wanted to, the, the urge to drink came with, I wanted to hit up my friends and just say, like, hey, you want to go grab an IPA? Do you want to go grab a beer? Do you want to go meet at this place? And it's, it's interesting because there, there was a lot of me that was feeling guilty about that. Like, Oh man, I thought I kicked this, like this urge to drink, you know? Cause I, um, I've never been like a, a, a big alcoholic. I've never been a, a huge heavy, heavy drinker. I don't really like to get like blacked out all the time. Certainly have, but, um, I, my preference is just have a couple beers and, and, you know, a bullshit session. Um, it kind of like helps me shut down my overly neurotic, overly, um, you know, aware conscientious, um, uh, yeah, just, just overly neurotic thoughts and helps me that social lubricant, right? I'm sure we all know how it is where you just kind of feel awkward almost, or you feel, um, self-conscious even, or, um, whatever it is that alcohol helps us all with in social settings. I totally get that. I'm totally with you on that. Um, but really, really just going through these, this sad time, I really just noticed my, My urge to not just get close to my friends, but I wanted—I really wanted to just go have a couple beers. You know, like ah, it would—it'd feel better if I just had a couple beers. But I also am someone who, I deal uh, with—I have major depressive depressive disorder, and when I get carried away, like say I have, you know, I have beers three times a week, like or whatever it is, or I go too too overboard, or my diet's super crappy, and then I have a couple beers. Sometimes it's all fun and games. It's all great. I'm having a great time. And then I go home. I'm at home and my depression just starts really kicking my ass. I just can't really grab hold of it because, you know, the couple drinks is enough to kind of, you know, alcohol is a depressant. Um, So it gets harder to to grab control of the depression symptoms. And I'm sure anybody with anxiety, um, alcohol may may affect you in the same way. So um, alcohol... I'm glad that I did the break. Um, Me personally, when it comes to my journey for drinking, I started drinking, I think I was 14. Um, I just, you know, I grew up as a a skateboarder with no structure. Like we were just kind of, you know, I I guess kind of like the rebellious type. Like, you know, we weren't the first people to drink at our high school or, or our middle school or whatever it was, but we were definitely like the the amount of people that got drunk with my group of friends for their first time was fairly high. There's this weird dichotomy and I'm not saying I'm like proud of this or this is something that I, I aspire to, to put put on my chest. But um, alcohol has just been immensely normal in my life. When I was um, way younger, my parents would have um, like multiple parties. My parents would go out pretty much every weekend um, they had like a favorite bar in town that I w- they would always go to. We'd always had a ton of bikers who were always, they were always drinking um, when I was a young kid. And so alcohol has just been incredibly normalized to me. And I think that a lot of people, especially in small towns like our, our town, it's its all—it's just incredibly normal. It's just what you do. Um, you know, what it doesn't have to be binge drinking. It, it could just be kind of like, it's just a little stress reliever. Like, yeah, I have a glass of wine or um, I do this, blah, blah, blah. It's... It's something that can certainly grab a hold of us, though, if if, if we're not careful. Um, just noticing my like my urges when I quit this thirty days. I've 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 quit in the last two years. I I took a break. Um, started thirty days, and then I went to forty five, and then it was just just a few months, just because I was so. Um, it was kind of when I when I first had my you know spiritual awakening kind of rebirth ego death i started learning all this philosophy i started learning all this self-help started obsessively listening to guys like tony robbins all these things i basically like was inserting meaning into my life i just didn't think about the booze i i was just so obsessed with what i was doing here um like like my work and my future work and just learning about these things they were just so enthralling to me that i, ne- I didn't really think about booze i wasn't really hanging out with anybody um but but you know inevitably your life, you, you can't just like stay locked in your basement your whole life, you know, like it, it gets to the point where, um, you almost, when you like don't hang out with anybody, don't talk to anybody. There's almost like a slight agoraphobia that we step into that is just this craving for social interaction. Um, but you feel almost crippled by it. And so when you're, when you're overly neurotic and overly analytical about your thoughts and what you're saying and in the room and everything that's happening in the room, um, and, and you have, um, maybe you, you, you relate to someone uh, as someone who has ADHD, where your attention span is very difficult to keep your attention span. Alcohol helps those things um, in social situations, especially like being at a bar, being at a concert where it's loud. There's a lot going on. There's lights. There's people walking over here. There's people walking over there. There's people walking in the door. Maybe there's people looking at me. Maybe there's not. Um, did I say that thing wrong? Did I say that thing right? Am I explaining this correctly? What does this person think about me? There's all these overly just ridiculous things that in social settings, especially nowadays, uh, many of us go through. And um, I, I just, I don't think that I'm alone when I say having a drink or two drinks or a shot or whatever it is. It's, it's a very personal internal thing. Um, we, you know, we of course enjoy it. Like, it's like, oh, I like to have a couple of drinks. Um, I, I, I can let go. I don't really care what I'm doing. Maybe I'm more apt to kind of sing along to the song that's playing. Maybe that's what I need to get some karaoke in me. And in the end, you know, I danced around, I sang around with my friends. That's where the, like, it pulled me out of my shell a little bit and out of my, out of my head. Right. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting. Um, just because it's so normal there 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 are a lot of effects of alcohol that i think a lot of us have a lot of negative effects or a lot of um addictions towards alcohol that we aren't really able to admit to ourselves or able to look our look ourselves in the eye when it comes to right um when when we think of addicts or we think of an alcoholic you know we're always like anybody who drinks the first we're like oh i'm not that i'm so far from that we have this image in our head of what an alcoholic is or what someone who drinks too much is we might even have um if you're a listener if you're a drinker or even casually just once in a while um you might have kind of an image or a friend someone you know who you're like oh they they put they drink too much or they whatever blah blah well you know, they probably have the same thing in their eyes. Like, they probably aren't going to say, "Oh, I'm an alcoholic," or "Oh, I'm whatever this is." It's these labels stop us from really analyzing and taking um, taking ownership of what we're dealing with. Because, like, who fucking cares if if someone else thinks you're an alcoholic? You're the one who's dealing with it. Like, if you're, um, you know, like obviously you don't want to be destructive and just being ruining your life and and hurting people around you, driving drunk, these sorts of things. But there's there's this internal, uh, avoidance of admittance of our own kind of like habits that don't make us feel good. You know, what the ego does is we take credit for all the things that are good, but we reject all the things that are bad. Like we push those away and we don't want to see those because we're we're protecting ourselves from that pain in a sense. So, um, I, I suppose, I suppose the no drinking thing is, uh, it's it's helpful. Um, I I think it's still a slow a slow journey for me. Um, I I I'm very much looking forward to. I I had um, my my boss at work who's an old friend. He took me out the night before my birthday. Like we got off work um, at like nine nine thirty something like that, and we went to one of my favorite bars and just him and I sat there and and shot the shit. We had, uh, one shot each and, uh, a beer and it was nice, you know, just, just to, to BS and just listen to the touch tunes. I grew up in those environments. Um, I think a lot of people in small towns grew up in, you know, bar or like sports bar or, um, restaurant with drinks environments. And there's, there's a comfort to that. Um, so I think going forward, I think I'll just be more ultra aware of my drinking. Um, more, I'm going to put, put my foot down with myself, I think. Um, as far as, you know, you get that, you get like one beer down and or even two beers down and you're feeling great. And then you have this like, yeah, we'll do one more. Yeah, we will do one more, whatever it is. Um, a lot of us have our own versions of that. But I think that maybe I'll just be more sturdy and be like, you know, I feel pretty good right now. And I don't have to keep this feeling going. I don't have to. It, it's okay if this feeling only lasts for fifteen more minutes, and then I'm kind of like a little tired. Or uh, I, I don't have to be desperately trying to hold on to this this light, wonderful. I'm drunk. I'm not thinking about uh, whatever my bullshit or whatever my bad day was. You know, we're always trying to to snapshot. Oh, I, f- I feel good right now. I want to maintain feeling good. or I want to feel even better. I think just kind of setting those limits for ourselves um, it's important. I, you know, I I think also peer pressure is something that that's worth addressing um, when it comes to drinking. We. You know, the, w- nobody likes drinking alone. You know, it's something that I noticed when I watch TV shows. People like drinking alone on TV shows. There's always like the person who's just always slamming a drink, or there's there's someone who's always they're able to like manage their stress very quickly with a drink, um, which is probably some brainwashing technique that we fall for. But um, in in real life, when when a lot of times when we order a drink or we order another beer or we want to do a shot or whatever then when the person that's with us doesn't want to do one, suddenly we don't want to do one, right? There's this strange uh, barrier where we we don't want to drink alone because then we feel shame for it. But I think that if we can kind of take a look and and, and stop and really assess the awareness of how do I feel right now? Like, do do I want another drink? Cool. That's fine. Yeah, I do. Okay. Uh, And then if someone else doesn't want to drink with you, if they don't want to take another shot with you, um, that's completely their choice. You know, I think we have a fun, uh, you know, peer pressure is, is a funny thing because when it's your friends we will peer pressure each other and it all seems really fun in games, but you, know, I've, I've observed quite a few people who really didn't want another shot or they didn't want another drink and the group, you know, me included, I've been a part of this on the other side, like, come on, let's take another one, blah, 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 where. We kind of just give in to that and I think we can all kind of have these we can insert these boundaries where we don't let anybody persuade us where it's like I hit my drink limit and this is the last that I'm drinking tonight or this is like okay yeah I'll have another beer with you but I'm gonna have a cup of water in between or yeah I'll have another beer with you but I got going to set an alarm on my phone to where I'm not driving for another hour or whatever it is I, I think finding something that's just specific to you and your life and, and how you grew up grew up drinking, what you drink, where you drink, who you drink with, you know, there's not all this perfectly directly right. Um, you know, like completely wrong, completely right, completely good, completely bad. We all have our own relationships with alcohol and our addictions and our pulls towards our habits and, the things that we've been doing for a long time that we don't really question why we do them or what we get out of them or what we want to get out of them. So setting up rules for yourself, uh, th- th- there's real power in that, you know, um, really sticking to your guns. And if, if you have trouble with that, if you have trouble saying no, if you have trouble like... I'm not going to drink and then you get to the party and someone hands you a jello shot and you're like Fuck, fine okay one jello shot and then all of a sudden you're you know you're buying an a-ball and you're, you got a trip to vegas you know it happens so i uh, just kidding um i i think that taking a, like a 30-day lent or taking um some sort of even two weeks just something with intentionality right something that says i am choosing to do these things no matter what and stick to that shit, man We're so caught up. Our attention spans are so quick. Our attention spans are so this thing and this thing that we end up just kind of giving into all of our urges at all times. We're always just if something comes up, we're just like, cool, I'm going to do that because it's going to feel good right now. But feeling good right now doesn't always equate to your best self. It doesn't always equate to, um, you know, in the end, being the person you want to be. You know, sometimes you'll let yourself down when you just listen to those urges. You've got to listen to your kind of higher consciousness versions of yourself, not just your lower like let's just get pleasure you know those sort of things so speaking of pleasure i did um no masturbation for 30 31 days um it was certainly a lot longer than that i think it, it might have been more like two months i've uh, excuse me i've done i've done um FAP as it's called there's a lot of research on it honestly there's a you can go into a whole youtube rabbit hole um of the different effects of it, like a lot of different um different traditions and religions kind of have their say on these sorts of things. I'm not sure which of them I believe. I'm not sure which of them fuels right. I'm not sure which of them resonates resonates with me. But I know that for me personally controlling those sexual urges or controlling those urges to to uh masturbate or think about people in that way. Um is incredibly helpful. And it actually helped me like really tame, tame the beast in me. And I know it's so weird to talk about, right? And there's not really an area or a world or a, a comfortable place to listen to anything about masturbation, but it's it's a real thing. Like um, I masturbate, you probably masturbate. And it's something not something that we were ever taught, you know? It's something that's an easy, low hanging um, uh, urge for us to all fall into. Um, or I, I've talked here about my, my opinions on porn. Um, I, I, have wa- I used to watch porn, you know, like a lot of us watch porn, but I just don't really, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I think that it changes our minds in, in intricate ways. I think that it's something that's so new. I heard this thing once that was, um, nobody, nobody you know as far as on the human timeline like how long we've been alive up until the internet came around or maybe just before the internet when we had like porno mags or whatever the only types of types of people who would have access to like this many like you know quote-unquote perfect physique women doing whatever we want in the craziest ways as many as you want to see like you're tricking your brain when you're watching these things like your brain doesn't know the differences you're actually doing it or not like is the only person who had access to those things before is people like Genghis Khan, like these, these terrible leaders who would just, you know, take whatever they want, like without consent. Um, I'm sure there was like an orgiastic culture, um, that, that raised pretty supreme for a long time, but I don't know, man. I I just think that when you become really aware of your thoughts, when you become really aware of your urges, when you become really aware of, what you're feeling and what your body's telling you and what your mind reacts to and how your mind convinces you of certain things. So you can get certain things. You really start to notice how often you're thinking, um, kind of head in the gutter, right? Like you're, you're treating human beings as, uh, <laughs> kind of just like how you can feel a sexual urge. And it's, it's really interesting sitting with that. It's really, um, you know, it almost feels, it almost feels nasty of you. It almost feels, it, it just starts to feel a little wrong after a while. Um, we just giving into every single urge that you have. Um, I, I think that, but, but once you can kind of gain control, once you can kind of tap into it and tame that, that beast within you, you, you kind of grow up and grow up out of it. And, you know, it's, dude, listen, there's, there's nothing wrong with masturbating. Like the, you, you're a human body. You're given the human body. You should explore the crap out of the thing. You should you should be just like, how, you know, you should be exploring your consciousness. You should be exploring your body. What feels good? What doesn't feel good? Explore it in whatever way you want. But this world of, uh, you know, pornography and Instagram having just like, you know, the hashtag will be hashtag Pacific Northwest. And it'll just be like some girl's booty in a thong. And it's great right like it's it's badass to see that and it's really cool and like that's we've quickly transformed our culture into just like this body positivity in a form of like you can't shame me i'm going to sell myself in whatever way like but i think that when we're constantly seeing on our phones we're scrolling and we're seeing uh, you know, like, like half naked women or we're seeing all of our friends in their like most, uh, vulnerable spots and we're like in a in an alone spot. So it makes you think differently about these things. I I don't know how that, how that fares for us in the long run as, as humanity, you know, um, I follow the, on, on, on Reddit where well, I used to, I followed the subreddit that was porn free. And, oh man, if you want to see an interesting side of the world, you may not know that exists. There's like, so there's, thousands and thousands of people, um, primarily young men, I think who are in this porn free subreddit who, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll post like, Hey, I've been, uh, I've been, I've done no-fap now for seven months and I feel better than I ever had in my life and I've got control of my life and all these things. And I don't masturbate to porn anymore. And I don't watch porn anymore. Blah, blah. Um, I started when I was 11 or I started when I was eight or, uh, I, I've been masturbating to porn since uh, for the last 15 years. Blah blah. These people who have like all these erectile dysfunctions, they have um, problems with their relationships. They have uh, uh, just like very false ideas about how, how sex actually goes. Um, I think that a, a lot of our a lot of our urges being like really handed right to us on a platter, and really just put in our faces and us never stopping to take control of them, especially as men, I don't know, it, it changes us around. Um, and I, I think that just kind of coming to terms with controlling those urges and putting some structure around things like masturbation, it's helpful. And I, I invite anybody, I know it sounds crazy and I know it's a weird thing to talk about, and I'm not even sure if I'm talking about it properly, if there's such a thing as talking about masturbation properly, but I just want to, I guess, go over it, you know, and and say that the ad exists and my experience with it. Um, no, no, no masturbation for the month of October for sober October. Um, it went well, I technically actually two days before on the 29th, I technically failed. Uh, I woke up to, uh, um, this is rather embarrassing, but, but I woke up to some wet drawers. I had a wet dream situation and it was interesting because I don't even remember some sort of fantasy. I don't remember any sort of like wonderful, like goddess chick just coming into my dream world and and blowing my mind, you know, like it it was, I actually woke up from a freaking night terror, um, which I, I suffer with quite a bit. Uh, and I, I woke up just covered in sweat, not feeling good. And, and I um, was just kind of panicked. And my heart was, heart rate was going really fast. And I had kind of swung, swung out of bed, like woke up really quickly. And I got up and was going out of the bathroom. I was like, what the hell? And, you know, looked down and lo and behold, you know, something had happened. So it's interesting what our bodies and what our minds and what our psyche is always trying to get us to do. But um, uh, I, I will note on that the, the shame that I felt. Um, I, I was pissed. I was, I was mad. I was upset. I was discouraged. I was like, great. I just failed my sober October two days before. And I failed it, which is an interesting thing because it, it took me, I went back to sleep, um, changed my clothes, whatnot, cleaned up, uh, went, went back to sleep and I woke up and realized like that I had been so mad. Um, uh, uh, and I texted a friend who had told him. And I was like ashamed of myself. I was like so mad that I had failed my sober October, but it was like my unconscious reality that did this. It was me in the dream world. Um, not even choosing to think these things, of course. Um, so it it was an interesting aspect noting that I, I made myself feel guilt and shame for something that really was not in my control there. So, um, that's another thing that I, that I noticed, you know, um, and that's something that if you do any sort of 30 day lens, if you do any sort of, um, specific guidelines i will or i will not do these things for this set amount of time or this is a value of mine that i no longer part um, um, partake in in the same way that i do i don't i don't bend on these things here's my moral structure here is my ethics Um, all these sort of things that we can install within ourselves with knowledge Um, it allows you to kind of observe what your mind does when you falter or what your mind does when you have the urges or like how you try to convince yourself that it's okay. And then you feel bad about it the next day or how you try to, um, justify, justify is a great word, you know, like make our excuses for ourselves. Um, but so, so me, um, to, to put a pin in that, I guess for me, it was just very, very nice to notice that I made myself feel so ashamed of that, you know? And then once I woke up in the morning, I could, I could say, Oh, that's okay, man. Like, What you want, what you're wanting to do here is make yourself feel shame. But when I really analyze the situation, like you didn't do anything wrong here. And shame is a helpful tool. You know, guilt is a helpful tool because it tells you, like, I don't want to be doing that thing again, but in this situation, I could, I could, you know, kind of insert new thoughts into this thought process of like making myself feel bad for what happened when I was in a dream Uh, that wasn't even a good dream. It was a terrifying dream. I don't even remember what it was. I just know that I woke up feeling terrible. And, uh, night terrors are kind of a normal thing for me. So watching that guilt and that shame or watching, um, you know, maybe you're an overeater, maybe you're a binge eater, which is something that I deal with sometimes as well. Um, like you'll eat just to feel better, just to feel that burst and it feels good. And then five minutes later, you're like, you're almost, you're almost out loud telling yourself how much you hate yourself. It just gets mean quick sometimes. So just observe when you do that. Is this helpful? Um, how can I listen to this how can I rephrase these words to myself? how can I um, not only avoid feeling this shame this guilt this whatever my my mind is trying to tell me that I should or shouldn't do um, how can I how can I work with this right so really listening to those things bringing awareness to those things and um, asking what they're trying to teach you so uh, I'll go to weed so I did um, no no weed. I, so situationally, um, I had been smoking a lot and, um, before, before beginning the breakup process, um, Shayla and I had been together for 10 years, long time. We had a wonderful life we built together. Um, and, you know, we came to this mutual decision that, you know, we, we had run our course, which is, you know, this isn't so much more like I couldn't possibly even try to explain the depth of this incredibly difficult decision, um, in, in a, in a quick podcast sentence. Um, and I don't want to dive too much into it. You know, these are still wounds that are healing. They're not quite scars. So I don't know that what my position is on them entirely yet. Um, I would like to wait for me to be stronger and wait to have more scar tissue before I jump into those things. But nonetheless, I had been smoking quite a bit. Um, and it was a fun, it was a nice thing. I'm very polite to myself when I smoke. I enjoy hanging out with myself. Um, I enjoy learning more. I I, I like to um, dance and sing around. I like to make make beats, make music. I like to draw. I like to. I love writing after after smoking. So it just makes me a lot. It allows me to be the creative person that I that I feel that I am, without the overly psychoanalytical, um, ov- overly neurotic, an um, un- unconfident version of myself kicking in, and it helps me, um, with inflammation, which is a huge thing with freaking everything in our food. And where I think so many people are inflamed, um, THC and CBD, these all help with inflammation a ton. Um, it helps me stretch and breathe, which helps with inflammation. Um, and it helps with sleep, which is a huge thing. So sleep for me, oh man, that was one, that was one of the most difficult. So when when I gave up, um, I, so, so I had still th- it was 31 days without smoking, but I had tried to, to slow my smoking and even stop it because I started dealing with when Shayla and I were going through the breakup and I was just like, what the hell is my life? What's going on? Like, what am I going to do next? Like this house that I'm in at this current second, like, uh, I'm not, it's not safe anymore. It's not my home anymore. Like we're moving out of this house now. Um, I started dealing with disassociation very hard. Um, and weed does not uh, hold hands well with disassociation. Uh, sometimes it actually triggers it a lot more if somebody's dealt with that. Um, disassociation is something, um, just as, as a light example, or a, a quick but not light example, um, for victims of, of rape, oftentimes that's kind of what the mind does is like um, there's this acceptance period of, you know, say, you know, uh, you're being uh, a woman being pinned down by another, by a strong man who she knows, I, she, I just can't get away from this. At some point her, her brain to protect her from this incredible pain, this incredible terror that she's going through, um, will just disassociate, which is kind of you you, you disconnect from physical present five sense reality and you kind of just float away. And, uh, it's this very blank, um, uh, um, numb, empty, um, uh, open, but not comfortable, but it, it's very, it's hard to explain. Um, but, but disassociation is something that, um, something that I, that I started dealing with actually a couple weeks before October. Um, and so I had to like kind of quit, quit on weed there cause weed was activating it more. And so i was like okay i'm not respecting this this plant medicine really as much as i should be so i uh i started t- taking a slow wean off that a slow break and i just started sleeping terribly instantly like i couldn't get to sleep combination of you know not not having the weed that i was used to not having the relaxing thing at the end of the night like i was used to but also just everything going on in my life my mind was just racing i was trying to figure out what's next what's my future is this the right decision? What's going on here? You know, it's, this is, these are things that anybody who's gone through these through, through a breakup or a loss or a big life change, any of these, you know, this, this whole life thing is, is holistic, right? These all have adverse effects on other things like sleep and food intake and urges and depression and anxiety and blah, blah, blah. So, um, weed helped me in in a lot of ways and it was really difficult for me to to not smoke and not want that comfort and not want that like gosh i wish i can kind of just shut off my brain and listen to some alan watts or ram das right now and just you know roll around on the ground and stretch because i because i smoked and so i'm not overly thinking and overly analyzing my situation um, but i didn't have access to that so i had to tough it out um sleep was really fucking terrible for the first couple weeks to be honest Um, I, am not entirely sure that that was just not having, having, um, the nightly THC, um, or if it was, you know, that and a combination of just trying to go through large changes in my life. Right. Um, so, but, but I did get used to it. Um, it, it started, it started after the first, I say, two weeks of, of not having all these things of, of not having access to all of my vices. It was, I I was never really concerned that I would fall back on them. I've built up a pretty resilient strength. That's like, if I set my mind to this thing, I'm going to do it. Um, And it slowly builds on itself. It's this wonderful thing. But after, after the first, you know, two weeks, maybe, I started to feel it was this. I didn't even give it a thought. It's like, yeah, of course I want that thing. But, you know, I've got 16 more days or I've got 20 more days. Like, cool. And so after after a while, once you really, really have accepted with yourself, I'm not going to do these things. It's not an option. Do- doesn't matter. There's no way I'm going to be tempted to do it, to do these things that I gave up because I chose to set, set myself aside and, and set set these things aside in my life for right now. So I can really enjoy them when they're coming back, when I can really um, use them as a way to enjoy my life and not have them use me. To try to squeeze enjoyment out of every second of life you know because life is it it, it can't just be pleasure 24 7. um i don't think anyway right uh you got to be down to the real world so but it it, essentially after the first first couple weeks it started allowing me to be excited i started um like oh okay cool 14 more days right on i'm super pumped yeah I, i can't wait to i'm gonna i'm gonna hit up so and so and we're gonna go have a beer at this place or um, like this this coming weekend my friends are taking me to to Astoria to have a beer and I'm I'm just super excited about it beer and pizza in um, it but it's something that we scheduled a few weeks ago and I've been looking forward to it but you know something to keep in mind with with things that that you don't do all the time they become that much more important you know if you had beer and pizza every single day for a year I feel like the la- the latter half of that year, you're not going to be super pumped. You're not going to be, it's not going to be this special thing. So, you know, really noting these things, even just our, our big urge, you say you want to eat a piece of chocolate cake, uh, but you only want it for a little while. You only want it for a small amount. You don't want it to last forever. It's all about balance. If you if you had the taste of chocolate cake in your mouth for, for you know, 10 minutes after you were already full after a while you'd be like get this taste out of my mouth right you you wouldn't you wouldn't want to feel the taste of chocolate cake afterwards so when you can notice these as just feelings notice them as just urges and then you put these mental structures up of I'm not going to indulge in that like I'm going to I'm going to look forward to the next time that I can but I already decided like oh I I had beer twice this week well as much as I want to go have, there's always something. There's always a party. There's always a friend who hits you up. There's always, um, anytime you go to a restaurant, like, yeah, you can add a beer to it. Yeah, you can add a, mar- add a margarita to it. Like, should we do a shot? All these things, there's those that shit always comes up. So if it's affecting you in a negative way or it gets a hold of you or you don't make the right decisions or you're spending too much money on it or any of these things, set up those structures because when you make it to where like, oh, I only drink a couple times a month or, oh, I only smoke a couple times a month. You, it makes it that much more exciting. You become that much more present when you do it. Um, and, and, and it controls you a lot less. And you use you use these substances as a way to just kind of put some sprinkles on on a situation that's already very enjoyable. Like, so you don't need these things, but they add a little bit to them. You know, the social lubricant or the the, the self lubricant as it, you know, it comes when it comes to marijuana. Um, a lot of people, it's a huge thing. You know, when, when I started healing, um, really, really tackling and understanding my depression a couple of years back, weed was a huge factor for me. Um, it scared the shit out of me. Like I didn't actually like it that much the first couple of weeks, but I kept, I was like, I want, I know this is helping. Um, I, I am having a couple of glimpses of, of laughter. Um, Uh, it's, it's sending me into some sort of, some panic attacks, but it's sometimes it's making me happy. I kept like powering through it. And then before long, you know, I was able to just hang out with myself and just being able to hang out with yourself, like not grabbing your phone to escape, not trying to connect with someone, not seeing what everybody else is doing, just sitting with yourself. Like, what do I want to do right now? And, and will I allow myself to actually do it? And will I just let myself have these things that I kind of feel like, feel like doing, you know, it's, it sounds weird for a grown man to say they, you know, smoke weed so you can get by yourself and dance around, but there's some healing in that. So if you can get yourself to that stage, why not? You know, there's self-love is, is far from corny, you know, it's, it's, uh, abnormal, but it's something that we need to, to really strive for and really find ways to get, um, to get nowadays. So. Um, I, let's see what else yoga. I did, um, yoga 20 minutes a day. I think that there was, there was like two days where I didn't, um, tally the exact um, times for yoga, but I I actually have a a pretty good solid meditation and yoga practice as well. So, um, yoga every day wasn't that far of a stretch for me. Um, uh, uh, but I think there was two days where I was, I was incredibly depressed. And, uh, I, I know, I, I went, I know there was one time where I went outside, I was doing my morning routine and I didn't make it 10 minutes. I was like listening to my motivational videos. I had all my workout gear on. I was doing my breath work. I was, you know, trying to get a sweat, chugging water, like all these things. But I was just, um, you know, some, sometimes my, my depression disorder, whatever, just really kicks my ass and I, I can't really, I ended up literally, um, I don't know if I got 20 minutes and maybe I stretched for 10 minutes or something. Um, but I ended up like going back side I just, I had to go back to bed. Like I just, I went back to sleep and, uh, I, I don't like doing that. And, um, like I guess it's what I needed that day. Um, but it was very defeating. I didn't like it at all. Um, uh, I, I'm usually someone who's able to even if I'm having an incredibly bad depression day I can even like go for a run and like I'll cry when I'm running I don't care as long as I'm getting my body physically moving because I know it fucking helps But uh, I had a day or two, you know Just situationally with all the things going on in my life just really activates that depressive side of my of my psyche. So um, Overall the the yoga the stretching uh, Recommendations for that for other people if you want to um, par- take up that habit so try stretching before bed instead of, um, like, like when you have that urge to get a snack, like it's after eight or it's after seven thirty or whatever. And like, we a lot of us get a snack or we're watching TV or whatever it is. Um, maybe try to replace that with stretching. Like while you're watching TV, like you, you know, you're kind of actively. I'm watching this so I can wind down. So it's kind of mindless. So I can, you know, it's the end of my day. I'm pretty tired. I don't want to do much physical work. Like you don't have to put yoga pants on and you don't have to like get a gym playlist and you don't have to, uh, you know, set up all these elaborate things. Like you could just in your living room, push your, put your couch back or don't even get off the couch. Just start moving, just start stretching, just start just vibing, like as you're watching your favorite show, just get moving, start breathing, like breathe into your, into your tummy. Um, it, I, think, I think before bed yoga helps our body out a lot, um, add water to it of course. Um, and then in, in the morning as well, like right before bed and in the morning, I think those are the best times to get any sort of uh, routines in. So stretching, um, uh, yoga, meditation, water, all these sorts of things. I like to get up out of bed and it's just the first thing that I do is I just start stretching. I get up and I lift my arms up real high and I bend down. and I kind of just let my head hang there and I try to get my spinal column column moving. I try to get this, the spinal fluid going in, in there. Um, there There's a lot of moves on YouTube. Don't underestimate YouTube. Um, if you just want to do, you know, I think we treat yoga and stretching and movement as this workout like, it's this thing where you work out and you sweat so you can burn this many calories. We just think calories, workout, gym gear, gyms, weights. Like, that's what we think about. And, and I think living in, in 2020, living in this intricate way for humans, like, we've really advanced a lot and we've changed our, the biological lifestyle that a human lives in. Is very different like working out even like you know do, doing curls like intentionally lifting up heavy weights and setting them that setting them back down uh, you know 80 years ago if you saw someone doing that you'd be like what in the hell are you doing you look like so weird but it's something that comes with our lifestyle now we need movement we're no longer you know the the thing right after monkeys that are swinging in the trees and we're no longer hunting for days and we're no longer um, um, you know, squatting while we're eating. You know, we have these this comfort, these perfect chairs and uh, these padded shoes, and um, th- there's so many things that biologically, in order to be comfortable, we've we've gone against what our bodies do, and so now we just need movement. And I think that I, I'm always saying, you know, if counting calories works for you, if counting your steps on your Apple Watch works for you, if uh, filling up your rings works for you. If, uh, you know, all these things that get us to work out. If, if buying the new leggings every month and looking to fly as fuck, going to the gym is your thing. Like, that's what gets you going. Like, dude, hell yeah. That's what gets you in there. Like you're working out. That's great. Um, but really don't underestimate just falling on the floor and stretching. Just, it doesn't even have to be that long or just, Looking up on YouTube, yoga with Adrian, I always suggest, um, yoga, beginner yoga. None of it's hard. None of it you do wrong. It's just feeling your own inners, your own body, getting these things going around. It's like, yeah, maybe you ate less calories, but your digestive system isn't working because your muscles are all tight and, uh, the water in your body is not moving around and things are inflamed. So they're stopping different things in your di- digestive system from working properly. So, uh, I encourage anybody to, you know, eat healthy, drink your water, go to the gym, burn your calories, like kill it in the gym if that's your thing. But anything is better than nothing. So stretch Be- before bed if you can or right in the morning when you wake up or just ma- make it a habit through the day, you know, uh, just as you're watching tv like every hour or every half hour every time uh it switches shows maybe just get up and start kind of stretching your neck like you could still be watching the tv start stretching your arms start moving your legs like you don't have to follow an exact routine you don't have to break a sweat you don't have to go put on that freaking nike headband just move it's very important nowadays to what humans are is is movement um so i think um did I go over social media, social media use? Um, yeah, I, I felt, I, I know that I mentioned that I felt lonely without social media and that was very true. Um, not having someone, you know, being in a relationship for 10 years and not having the same person that you normally text just about everything. You know, you're just like, it's just your best friend. You just talk to him all the time. You don't even think about it. You just, you just pull your phone out and you, you talk to him. That's just something that happens nowadays. You know, humans haven't had phones in, in magical rectangles in our pockets our whole life, like instant access to whoever we want to see at all times or whoever we want to talk to or whatever we want to say to whoever we have in our lives to say it to. That's a pretty fucking new thing. Like fairly new. So noticing, uh, you know, the, the comforts that we get from that, you know, uh, yeah, I, like how often, um, I'd have quite a few friends kind of texting me, checking in on me, like, you know, just wanting to make sure I'm doing gr- good. And I'm so grateful for that. And there, I have some wonderful people in my life. Um, but just, just, I, I really, what, what I noticed without social media again, is that it gives me extreme comfort, you know, when, when you're in an awkward position or you're feeling lonely or um, you're in a position where you think people are looking at you, or you're in a public place, or you're waiting somewhere, or you're on the toilet. Like, before, before things even start going on down there, I feel like my phone's already in my hand. It's just a habitual thing. So, just as we, when we walk outside to the car every day, we don't, we don't think about how put hand to handle, grip handle, Pull with left arm, bend at left elbow, step to the right side so we can get out of the way for our door, get in car. Like we don't think about those things. They're just habitual. We just, when you go outside to go to work, you just go get in your damn car and you drive. But there's a lot of small processes that happen in between there and we can bring awareness to those things. So your phone, when you're sitting there and you're trying to be present or you're watching something or you're with people or you're waiting or, um, you're walking to or from somewhere or you just get in your car, you just get off a phone call, all these instances in our life where we don't really think about it. We don't bring awareness to ourselves. We don't bring um, awareness to the situation or what we're actually doing, but before you know it, you're just scrolling. You're just looking through your phone. And a lot of that is kind of our, our uh, um, let's see our, our character identity kind of, Avoiding discomfort avoiding pain avoiding boredom um, our inability to sit with ourselves is uh, A problem. It's a problem um, as someone who's been I've been very addicted to social media before um, I you know, and I still have it like I still I notice myself like I check these things I like being in contact with people. I like having cool conversations. I like seeing things that people are talking about um, I um i like attention from it i i i'm very um it's something that i i had to come to terms with a couple of years back i was like holy shit i i am obsessed with other people's approval i love other people's approval i really want people to tell me what i'm doing is wonderful i really want people to tell me what i'm doing is um, original, you know, or I, um, e- even just the, the really low hanging stuff. Like you know, I want to be told that I'm good looking. I want to be told that I'm hot, you know, all, all, all this shit that is so normal in the human brain because of our culture. Um, but we let it control our actions a lot. And I, just, I don't know if that's what's best for our life in the long run. You know, we're, we're going to die one day you know, this life is life because there's death. Um, this, this wonderful thing we have here. I, I don't think we should just fill it with trying to get as many, many dopamine hits as we can all the time. Um, if you've watched the social, social dilemma on Netflix, I've recommended that multiple times. Uh, um, Tristan Harris is, is kind of one of the, one of the leaders of that, but uh, it kind of uh, explains to you um, in, in, in it explains to us how we're manipulated and controlled, and um, we are, we we are the data being sold back to us. Our attention is, is, a currency, um, and it's it's almost this unfair thing that's happened to us with social media, and I think bringing awareness to it, um, bringing it to our consciousness, like in front of us, like wait okay, I pulled up my phone and I was just scrolling like, why did I do that? Not not to make ourselves feel bad, not to feel ashamed, not to uh, feel like we're weird and alone, but I think so many of us don't understand exactly what we're trying to get out of these things. Um, like, wh- Why is it that, that we spend so long uh, uh, editing our face or getting rid of all of our blemishes or... Um, taking 25 photos so we can pick the best one. You know, there's a lot of this stuff that's super fun, like social media and um, having cameras in our pockets at all times, taking snapshots of our life. Like, it's so cool. It really is one of the most incredible things in in filters and uh, uh, photo editing software at your fingertips. Like, I enjoy the crap out of this stuff. It's so cool, but what is it doing to my internal? Like, what is it doing to my confidence? What is it making me think about myself? Um, I had a podcast guest, uh, my friend Ricky Neveretti, who's a who's a powerlifter, competitive powerlifter, and we we're talking about ego lifting. And I used to always work out. I loved working out, um, but I feel like the last the last couple years before I kind of like stopped hitting like the the weights so hard, and I started getting more into yoga and kind of staying at home, doing more running. Uh, I was doing a lot of ego lifting. I was essentially like. I didn't feel good about myself, so I went into the gym. I would drink pre-workout so I can get that pump. Pre-workout really makes you get like a a pump in your muscles, especially the ones you're working. And I would, by the time I left the gym, when I looked in the mirror, I was like excited because I'm like, okay, I look, I look tight now. I look strong. My muscles look big. I look pumped up. My posture is better. All this stuff. I felt confident when I left the gym. So I was basically trying to get like this ego pump, like just make my make myself feel good about myself. Um, not in a. I came to the gym and I did my work, and I'm proud of myself for the work. But it was this uh, affirmation towards myself for my physique, and you know that's a, that's a part of our brains. It, it truly is. But I think that's also uh, worth taking a look at. Um, I think I think when we're putting our highlight reels out, when we're putting our our best self out all the time it's interesting what that does to us. It's interesting what that does inevitably to make us compare ourselves to other people. Um, it's interesting how we, how we think about other people who aren't up to that comparison in our eyes. Um, it's interesting, like looking at photos of ourselves and saying, Oh, or, um, we, we look at a photo and we instantly look for our flaws. Like I'll, you know, instantly look like, Oh, do I have any acne in that photo? Or, uh, Like when I had more weight, one thing I would do when I would see like photo, like we'd take group photo when it's, when, when a photo is just like, Hey, I'm having fun with my friends. Let's get a snapshot to remember this shit. That's what a photo is inherently. Right. But when you end up taking a bunch of photos and immediately everybody who looks at the photo, we we all crowd around a phone to look at it. And we all just look for our flaws. Like, Oh, I look kind of fat in that one. And then we kind of adjust our shirt or, Oh my God, my nose looks so big in that. Or, uh, uh, oh, that color doesn't look good on me. Oh, my skin tone next to my friend's skin tone looks shitty. Like what? what is that doing to us? What is that doing to our to our personality and our character traits? And is that good? Is that healthy? Is that something that we would want for our children? Is that something we would want for younger kids to grow up and like really not comprehend that they're doing? I think when you can bring awareness to all these things, so quitting social media for a month or, or taking the break from these apps for a month um, turning off notifications that's a huge one I did that many years ago and that's that's something that I still when people have notifications on still it actually catches me off guard I'm like oh shit I forgot that not everybody like like people still use notifications because uh, it's just it constantly pulls us out of our day um, I think there's a balance I think there's there is a way of enjoying it um, but I think if you begin to notice how split our attention spans are um you know a lot of people identify with having adhd now and i, I think actually at this point um our relationships with our phones and social media and um, entertainment has actually created adhd in a majority of our like young technological minds um uh, or, or what, what we would call adhd rather what what, what we identify as um, and say our attention span we can't focus or blah blah and it's just part of us now we just brush it off like we don't think twice about it, but it's actually very important to be able to pay attention to things and be able to focus on things and be able to, um, not just passively consume everything, but sometimes be able to focus and actively consume new information. Um, but, uh, t- t- taking a break from, from social media is it's great. Uh, I definitely feel that next year, um, if I do it sober October again, I feel like I will certainly do that. Um it helps me. I, I'm, I'm back on social media now. I feel like I've, uh, the, the first couple of days, it's funny cause it was my birthday, um, two days ago. And so I was, I was, I was back into it, but I was just like, let dude, let yourself just whenever you feel like pulling out your phone, like you're getting messages all day on these, on these platforms, on so you getting texts, whatever, like let yourself pull it out and like, just read that and really try to just just feel what your friends are telling you and people in all these wonderful people wishing you happy birthday. I really tried to just like let myself rip, you know, like, Oh my, my, my phone, uh, my text message went off. So I had a notification or, um, like check Instagram or whatever it is like every 10 minutes if I had the time, you know, not every 10 minutes, but I, I let myself rip so to say, and it was really enjoyable. Um, and I think that that's good for days like birthdays where you just like no, no limits or maybe it's your day off. You're like, dude, I'm just going to like, just as where we would binge watch Netflix, you know, like maybe there's some days where you're like, it's Sunday. I'm just going to, I'm going to fucking hang out on my phone today. I'm just going to enjoy the coolness of social media. I'm just going to enjoy whatever YouTube algorithms have for me to, to play next. I'm going to read a bunch of articles. I'm going to whatever. Um, notice that it will make you actually kind of weirdly exhausted Um, If you did do that all day, but setting boundaries, maybe setting one day a week where you let yourself almost like a cheat day with your phone and you just allow yourself to lay in bed and do it Um, or even just set set limits around. I never allow myself to check the social media while I'm in bed. Maybe that's what's going to work for you. Maybe you try that for 30 days and you realize that it makes you care a lot less about the political nonsense going on. Maybe you um, don't allow notifications go directly to your to your screen. Maybe you don't touch your phone for the first hour of the day. You don't read any news for the first hour of the day. Um, our whole our whole society has really been changed and formed and morphed by uh, social media. And not just social media, like what social media has done, we've got to look at what it does to what the human being is. Like if you're an alien who's hovering in a spaceship above the earth and you've been kind of watching humans for the last couple hundred years and you realize like what's something that has changed everything that they do and how they, they interact with one another, um, what they think about, like if you're, you're in the alien ship and you're able to somehow see every human being's thoughts, um, whether it's about themselves or other people or about what they're doing or, um, how often they're not in the present moment because they're just thinking, thinking, thinking or arguing these things in their brain. Uh, I think that if you look at, at social media, it's very much changed this whole thing here. It's the the human experience has been vastly morphed and flipped around and sped up and f- just gotten weirdo because of social media just what it has done to our culture, to our civilization. I mean, I guess you could even say what the internet has done now that we've had a couple of years, you know, quite a few years of, of the internet. I'm not even that long. iPhone came out in 2007. That's just something to think about. Uh, I guess asking yourself when you pull out social media, when you're posting, when you're doing these things, like, why am I doing this? Like, why am I really doing this? And you don't have to tell other people you don't have to go on a podcast and talk about your insecurities about it you could just really ask yourself like huh does this does this actually make me feel better or does this just kind of like is this kind of just like what a smoker gets out of a cigarette like where you know a lot a lot of cigarette smokers they don't like that they smoke they insult themselves every time when they smoke not not all of them but a lot of times they're like yeah i know it sucks i know it gives me cancer but here i am her <laughs> her like are you doing that with social media are you doing that with um, your non-movement practices. Are you doing that with your water intake? Like, is it a popular thing for you to hate water? Which, you know, is that part of your identity? Um, covering up the things that are killing us, um, and just joking them off. I don't know. I, I, I've, I've began kind of like trying to fight my urges and, and began trying to, um, control them or, or try to work with them you know like i'm a human being and i have urges and i have addictions and i have um i have habits and i have things that like you know m- maybe i wish i had better control of but i don't have to completely just bow down to them i can take a grip i can grab them by the horns and and uh, get a little bit stronger little by little uh, by just just trying you know trying to change i think that we we grow up in this world, um, especially in the Western culture, and there's this weird thing that we don't realize is there. That says, once you're done with high school, if you don't go to college, or uh, after you're done with any sort of schooling, like that, that's who you are. That that's this is who you are. You're done. You're just gonna live that out instead of learning to change. Like you can really change everything about yourself. Like you you could change, you could slowly become aware of your habits and then ask yourself, is this a habit that I want to take with me? Is is this a habit that I want to go on for the next 60, 70 years of my life? Is this habit beneficial for me? Why did I get this habit? What does this habit bring me? Um, Is it beneficial to me? Where did I learn that this is what I should be doing? Who in my life when I was younger did this thing around me that made it okay um what how does this make me feel the next day not only the night of you know so i think just just (laughs) blue's dreaming uh uh just becoming aware of our habits becoming aware of our addictions um two more things I'll, i'll round this up i know this video is getting pretty long um but my, my running goal, uh, I, I, my running goal was to run five times a a week. And I think that I pretty much hit it. Um, I don't know if I consistently did like, you know, Monday through Friday, then I take Saturday, Sunday off, but there was times where I did run seven days in a row, eight days in a row. And then I would take like two, sometimes three days off. Um, just, uh, just, you know, trying to muster up. Sometimes I, sometimes I go too extreme, which is something that's, that's good to know. Something, one more thing I learned a little bit more about myself is sometimes there's too much that we put on ourselves. Um, so I was able to get my running goals in. I'm feeling great. I've, I've really enjoyed running. Um, and it starts to populate like, what can I do with this running thing? I've always ran these, I've, I've like these Spartan races, uh, warrior dash, um like like all the like the 5k or 5 mile runs or or the 8 mile runs whatever it is i've re- i really enjoy those and i haven't done those in the last couple of years um i've kept active and kept running i like outdoor running i really love trail running like going up on a hike somewhere and and running through the trails there is fantastic um but we, so so w- when you there, there's this gift you can give yourself when you stick to something like when you're like running every day, it starts becoming your identity. You're like, Oh, I guess I am a runner now. And then if you're someone like me, like my head is always in the future and I'm visiting the now. Right. So, my head is always like, what could I do with this? Like, what what do I want to do? Like, what how can I one up this thing? And so I noticed I really started giving it to myself more as as I was running more and more every day. I was like, man, I am a runner, and like I can actually run a pretty good distance. And you know, I wouldn't mind running a a barefoot marathon, or I wouldn't mind running um, a marathon in general. Like I haven't done a marathon. I've done these other races, but I've never done a marathon. Or like, I wonder if I could run a hundred miles in a week. Or, you know you start allowing yourself to set these like cool goals that if you completed them they would feel really good and then you allow yourself to start thinking about them through the day like even when you're not running so it's almost when you have discipline to do these things little by little it starts opening up these things in your psyche to where you can kind of daydream and, and actually allow yourself to grab those daydreams and say like oh shit I can actually do that thing um, it's it's this this little trick to self-belief you know, believing in yourself is is one of the more powerful things you can really accomplish a lot. You can really start allowing yourself to have times for these things in your mind to think about, like having time for yourself to write down certain things like I, I want to accomplish this within the next five years. And then when you start little by little actually doing steps towards it, you start really saying man, I I wonder if I can really do this thing. You know, anybody who's ever accomplished anything great, they had to believe in themselves. So don't allow the believe in yourself or love yourself or uh, shoot for the, shoot for the stars, like all that, all those sort of catchphrases and stuff. Don't allow those to be corny. Don't allow those to be like lame. Don't allow being happy and, and having self-belief to be something that's, like for other people, like that's something that the motivational, like weird self-love hippy dippy people do. Like no, man, you're a human. You've got to allow yourself to have the thoughts of what you want your future to be, and you could start taking steps towards those goals. Um, so the one thing that I did, of course, I waited till the end. Maybe I thought I was going to forget this one. One thing that I would, that I certainly say, um, I don't know if failed is the, is the correct word. Maybe I'll dissect that. But I did not complete my writing goal. I had the first few days, I had a lot of good momentum. Um, I sat down and I wrote a few pages. Um, I wrote, oh man, it was probably only like five days. But then I just, I started not getting it. I, I started, um, I was just too tired for my morning, my other, the rest of my morning routine. And I would come in and I would just like just be exhausted. I wouldn't have a lot of mental energy left, and I was I was dealing with some depression and like you know this this heartbreak situation that I'm trying to navigate through. So I'd just be overly exhausted from thinking too much about it, and uh, um, and I didn't complete my goals. And I just moved into this new space, and so I was trying to I wanted the writing goal because I was trying to create a, a habit of like well this is just what I do like the last step in my morning routine when I come back into this room I sit at this desk over here that's not my regular desk like I have this is my like audio creation like uh, uh, you know music making DJing desk and then I have a whole other desk that I set up that has all my paperwork and all of my writing and all my poetry and all that stuff so I was hoping to have the goal or have the habit built of every day I write something like even if it's garbage even if it's just positive affirmations because that's all my brain has today um, just get it done but I did not complete that task that is something that was interesting I, I had a couple days where I wrote a good amount um, outside of I, so the first four or five days whatever it was I did good and then after that I only had a, f- a couple days of, of really getting any sort of writing done other than that it was something I ended up like neglecting like I I Stopped even like thinking about it. Like, I, I almost allowed myself to accept the defeat. Like, I guess I'm not doing that goal. So, that's a bummer. Um, I've been trying not to make myself too, feel too much shame about it. Um, I know that I get too extreme sometimes, which that happens to a lot of us. Um, so that, that's a goal that I want to um, not give up on though, because I really enjoy writing. Um, it makes me feel fulfilled. It makes me feel like my thoughts are getting out there. It makes me feel a little more sane. Um, I know it's, it's just, it's just beneficial in so many ways. Like there's all these different aspects of writing. Um, I did continue to take, I'm just someone who has always taken notes in my phone. I have, if I ever die and you want some good weird guy content, just go through my phone and, uh, look through my notes and I have hundreds and hundreds of pages of just ideas and poetry and, uh, uh, things that I want for my future and affirmations and all these things. So I was able to, to write on my phone a little bit, um, but anybody else who wants to, um, who wants to partake in writing, uh, if you want to make that a habit, you know, just, just do it, just try it, you know, try it for a week, try it for five days, try it for every Wednesday. You have an alarm that goes off at seven thirty-five AM and it says, write one paragraph or write one thing that you enjoyed doing or uh, even, even just a, a habit of writing your daily schedule, like wake up and say, what do I want to accomplish today? Or wake up and say, what do I want to accomplish tomorrow? And so you're always a step ahead. So these are all important tools, important tactics. Um, I'm certainly going to continue going forth with trying to get myself to write a little bit more and rebuild that habit here in the new house. Uh, my old place, I wrote a, a shitload, but um, it's something that I got to rebuild because I'm in a new environment, right? I'm in a new space. I'm in a new headspace. I'm in a new life, it feels like. So I've got to get those habits going. I'm going to work on that. I'm going to continue to drink um, as close to a gallon a day as possible. I'm not going to get light with myself on that. Um, I've been doing a lot of yoga. I've been running a lot still. Um, I think that that doing this for 30 days really helped me just start to have my identity lean more into it like this is just something that i do and our our personality is our personal reality right you know we we, we habitually do all these things and that's they become who we are we aren't just who we are we're born exactly this one person and we're just acting that out no like you can set intention and you can set uh boundaries up for yourself and you can you can You can really it's almost like hacking evolution right evolution is always going towards this this one this one thing like we, we for so long it was our goal to just survive like survival of the fittest like make sure we're not getting killed by the lions um make sure we're like like we're able we have thumbs and so we can make spears and we can hunt however many fish we need to just survive 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 for so many years and now we're kind of at this incredible place for humanity in, in what we are to where we don't just have to survive. I mean, more people die from obesity now than starving. Like really think about that. But also more people die from suicide now than ever. In, 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 more people die from suicide than homicide. So I think we need to take a look at what we are and what we're doing and what we're thinking about and how we get to those places like suicide and how we get to places like defeat and how we become, how, how we become something that just continues to go about our habits and our, our default mode network and never really changes and never really gets out of those divots in our brain. You know, neuroplasticity is real. You can create who you want to be little by little by just making in, incremental changes. Um, so I guess I'll I'll round it out. I think I covered everything. Um, I'm I'm looking forward to the next one, next sober October. October. Um, I if anybody wants to participate, I know it's a long way away, but you know, hit me up around the time. We could do a, a big group. Um, I I really appreciate everybody else who hopped on on there with me in their own ways. Um, I I did what what worked for me in my life. Um, Uh, I've been drinking from a young age. I've been smoking for a long time. Um, I've been, um, uh, you know, (laughs) all, all these things that I I basically, what what I'm saying is I, I chose, I chose things that really seem specific to me and I chose where I'm at with them. You know, if this was like right at the, if this was three years ago, this would have been way too extreme. I think I would have failed like all the goals, but now I've slowly built up this resilience. I've slowly built up these habit, these habits, and I've slowly built up my strength and my ability to like have positive self-talk and work on myself and really believe like oh, I can stick to my guns here. Like I got this. I made the decision that I'm not going to do this thing for 31 days. So it's not going to fucking happen for 31 days and really sticking to it. Um, so I invite you to pick a month. Pick a friend that like really 100% like it's not an option. We're not slipping up on this. No fucking matter what. Pick a friend, your spouse, your sister, your mom even. Like wh- whatever, whoever's in your life who you're like, hey, you want to try this thing where we just do do this or don't do this for 30 days, for one month or two weeks even. Just stick to something and don't bend on it. Uh, it could literally be a I'm not going to eat. A dairy product for the month of December. I'm not going to have more than one glass of wine a night for the month of December. I'm not going to, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to neglect my body for this. Like, like try to get very specific with yourself, like something that is a yes or no, a pass or fail, write it down, give into it. Like just, just, do it. Just believe that you can do it and stick to it. I think there's real strength in these. Um, at the end of my, of, at the end of my 31 day sober October, I, I felt great. Honestly, I, I felt powerful. I felt strong. I was actually very proud of myself. Um, I felt uh, my body felt really good. My, uh my trust in my own psyche felt really good. You know, I'm someone when, when you deal with with, uh, you know, like, like major depressive disorder. And, uh, you know, I used to kind of have like w- w- what we would call ADHD, OCD, um, just these like in- intense thoughts where I just get caught and obsessively start thinking about things on in loops. Um, it really helps me identify less with my faults. It, it helps me identify less with like the things that are like, well, these are the shitty things about my brain. And I guess I got to deal with them and that's who I am forever. And it helps you really have faith that, oh, I could like, I could heal myself of all this stuff. I could get better in this way. I could make this part of myself better. I could actually accomplish that crazy task that I want to accomplish. So there's really something about it. Um, uh, I I guess I guess we'll end it. We'll we'll round it up here. Um, Discipline equals freedom. Um, that, that's the thing that there's, there's, there's power in all of this stuff. Um, you know, when you're, when you're a slave to the things that you set up for yourself, it's a lot better than being a slave to your random urges or, you know, um, just, just thinking like a boy all the time, or just being a brat all the time. Um, there's nothing to be ashamed of if you don't have control of all of your habits and urges, but There is strength and real just badassness ahead of you if you can grab it by the horns. Um, Yeah, I think that's it. I appreciate you guys listening to the podcast. If you had any questions about my Sober October or you have any questions about anything that I mentioned today, um, I, I like to, you know, I really... Try to value authenticity when it comes to this podcast i really try to uh, be open and transparent and try to try to talk about things that uh, people may be thinking but they don't know they're thinking um, i'm just trying to expand expand who we are and expand what we are and you know i i i want to help people save themselves from themselves you know I, i've suffered a lot of this crap myself i've, I've suffered my own mind in many ways for many years and there is real freedom when you take discipline in, and when you start trying to insert your own morals and values and ethics and um, just getting better and improving and evolving into the best versions of yourself so self actualization for all I believe in you please 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 stretch a little bit breathe from only your nose close your mouth try to be more conscious breathe slower um, stretch more, drink more water again, and just love yourself, man. So I'll see you guys later. Um, hit me up if you have any questions. Add me on Instagram, Jacob from the internet. Send me a message on there. That's probably where I'm the most active. Um, if you have any questions, this will probably be on YouTube as well. You can comment on there. Um, if you have any ideas for the future of the Junk Care Love podcast or um, guests that you think may be good, I'm open to uh, the possibilities there. So we're getting up there in numbers, and I'm getting, I'm getting better and better at, at the podcast thing. I'd say so. I'm getting to where I'm uh, more confident in allowing myself to get a little bit bigger guests, a little bit um, more known guests, with a little more popularity. So lots of cool things to come in the month of November. A couple of new guests and some more following then. So. Take care of yourself, listeners. If you did enjoy the podcast or you are enjoying the podcast or you like these conversations or you want to hear more, please like, comment, subscribe, put it on a thumb drive and put it in your neighbor's mailbox or send it to your dad. Just share it. I appreciate it. Take care. Knowledge is power. Reality is...